cute dog. This is Fresno, California. That dog barking belongs to the latest victim of gun violence. Murdered moments earlier, shot several times. His dog left alone as police look for evidence. Shortly before, we were out on patrol with officers of Fresno Police, riding with Officer Brett Hutchins out checking on a burglary when the shooting call came in. What's going on? Victim of a shooting. Racing to the scene with lights and sirens in this city of 525,000. Its population far bigger than Kansas City, Pittsburgh, or Cleveland. 2020 was the most violent year in Fresno in over two decades. And 2021 is outpacing that with shootings and murders happening so often, these officers can't get a break. We arrive on scene running to the victim. Okay, so we're running in right now with police into a homeless encampment. There's a man down, he's been shot. Running with the officers in, man down. He's got a bullet wound. Got it. I got one uh, entry wound right here. Medics aren't on scene yet, so Officer Hutchins, or Hutch as he's known to his colleagues, begins doing CPR. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. But the man is dead. Officer Hutchins says it is unfortunately a regular occurrence in Fresno. The majority of it is um, gang related. There's, Fresno's just inundated with, um, with the gangsters. Paco Balderrama is Fresno's new police chief. Coming from Oklahoma City to run this department, he has a battle on his hands. How do you fix a rising gun violence problem? What we're seeing is, yes, a peak in violent crime. And there's a lot of factors that contribute to that. For Chief Balderrama and so many police chiefs in the country, it's not an issue of legal gun ownership. A vast majority of the guns causing problems here are illegal. They aren't bought and sold legally. I'm talking about people who have been to prison for violent crimes who have no business carrying a gun, uh, active gang members, people who are intending to hurt somebody with, with a firearm. While they try to battle the crime, Fresno is in a unique position. As many cities are cutting officers, Fresno is looking to hire 120 officers in the next year and a half. I think it's a goal that we can reach. Uh, we're, we're, we asked the uh, city council for $125,000 in a uh, budget towards recruiting. At this very moment, his department is looking for unique ways to end the violence. Marcel, tell me about this wall. Um, so we got Keontae Twin Perry, um, who passed away as a result of a, a homicide at, at a party. One of those ways is a new idea in Fresno called Advance Peace. It's a program that's less than a year old in the city. Its mission is to interrupt gun violence before it happens, getting to personally know young gang members who might shoot, giving them other ways to get out their anger. Before he commits a gun crime, he'll call us, or even after he's committed a gun crime, he'll call us. Yeah, so we try to get in front of him. Aaron Foster is key to the Advance Peace program. His son and daughter were both killed by gang gun violence here in Fresno. Now he works deep in the community with the trust of gang members to prevent violence. So we know the most lethal people because we saw him grow up as a kid. When he was in junior high school, we knew that this particular kid would be the next, uh, he's the next round of shooters. He says often after a shooting, they'll get a phone call from the shooter looking for support before police ever arrive on scene. Foster knows firsthand what it's like to lose family. Most parents can't imagine losing one child. You've lost two children. What has that been like? When you imagine it, just know it's 10 times worse than you can ever imagine. And it's nothing that I can describe. It's just something that you'll never get over. I mean, I still think about my son and my daughter, and it's, 
It's painful. Advance Peace relies on some city money and the rest is through money raised. Marcel Woodruff also mentors young men and says Advance Peace is truly preventing more shootings. There's nobody else actually seeking shooters and <laughs> said, hey, I want to I I take you to, to get some Popeye's chicken, you know? Um, so I, so I, it, it is unique in that, in that we are probably like the only group or the only demographic that are saying um, we want those who have been deemed the most lethal in our city and we want to build a relationship with them because we inherently know that, that means that they've been the most unloved. He gets emotional as he shows me that wall of all the people they have known who have died in the past year. Uh, this is Isaiah. I'm not going to be able to go through this. Chief Balderrama supports the idea of advanced peace, saying it's one idea that might help reduce violence here. And when you build relationships and you have influence, you have no relationship, you have no influence. And uh, advanced peace gives us the ability to, to, to communicate. And, and give people resources. Advanced Peace offers gang members help finding jobs and getting an education, but there is an endless supply of ideas on how to end gun violence. Ask a hundred people, you'll get a hundred different and conflicting answers about what will fix the problem. California Assembly Member Mark Levine is working on a bill that would place higher taxes on guns and ammunition. Say 10% tax on handguns and 11% tax on long guns and ammunition. The money from the higher taxes would go toward gun violence prevention programs. These are proven programs to help reduce gun violence in our communities. It would raise just over $100 million a year for these programs. But Sam Paredes, executive director of Gun Owners of California, says a tax like that punishes legal gun owners. He believes to stop violence in this country, it's about addressing mental health. Alex, we have 400 million guns in private possession in America. Any focus you put on reducing the number of guns in public is just not going to work. That horse has left the barn. He says what we're seeing today is a result of not enough police on the streets and ignoring mental health. He argues this is about dealing with a long-term solution without limiting legal access to guns. As long as they continue to look for solutions uh, by controlling guns that only affect, uh, through laws that only affect law-abiding citizens because they are the only ones who obey the laws, we are going to continue to see an increase in, in violent crime rate, an increase in, in um, uh, use of firearms and commission of crimes. Paredes argues so-called ghost guns are not the problem. Police and media make them out to be. Ghost guns are unregistered, typically homemade guns. The whole issue of ghost guns is a red herring. Again, again, I believe it's, it's the our elected officials deflecting. But for the officers on the streets in Fresno, they say ghost guns are a rising problem. Go traffic on that vehicle, Jensen and East. Lately, it's been the ghost guns that are showing up. But what's the fix to guns being made in secret or illegal guns being moved around? Marcel at Advance Peace says it won't be a gun law. It has to be a long-term solution. So if we deal with the violence at those systemic and structural levels that are denying people um, access to the things that they need to move through life healthily, then we consequently reduce them using a firearm to, to, to make a way for themselves. In Fresno, California, I'm Alex Stone, ABC News. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. 
We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts.